Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It is a football Friday here on Birds 365. You got Mac and Mac, Don McMullen and Jody McDonald hanging with you. As we get that much more ready for 40 times and vertical leaps and bench presses and the like, it is the uh, Olympics of testing for prospective pro football college, no longer players that J Mac, I watched so many hours yesterday. I I went down a, a wormhole. Uh, watching this stuff that I really started to think, am I really learning learning anything? And you do it because you love the sport. You want to know what the Eagles are going to do and the like, but the positions are, che- are checked off the boxes. They're checked off the box. And I started to realize, are the Eagles really going to take a quarterback? Do you really think so, Jody? The answer is no. Are the Eagles going to take a wide receiver in the first round with one of their three picks if they make all their three picks? The answer was maybe at best. Are the Eagles going to take a running back? No chance, no shot, no way. Now, they may take a running back fourth, fifth, sixth overall running back taken, but it's not going to be till the third round. So I started to, like, get depressed watching the combine (laughs) yesterday. How sick am I? Uh, Yeah, well, I I don't know if you're sick. I think you're sick if you're Mm -hmm. taking it seriously. Um, you know, and living and dying with it. I've seen people do that. And, you know, that part of it is, I, you know, I was going as ooh I and I, I was ooing yeah. and eyeing at the TV yesterday. Maybe as I am I, too involved. As I do every morning, I, I, I take my dog out. I think I ran a four, four back to the <laughs> little makeshift studio because everybody's running four fours. Um, I was texting one scout and he's joking that, Oh, so we're doing Penn State uh, Pro Day because the joke around the NFL is Penn State's field is tilted because they've done so well with uh, testing in recent years. Uh, um, and rightfully so with certain guys like Michael we're, Parsons. Worked for but, Michael Parsons, yeah. didn't it? Um, but, you know, one thing, Danny, we, we talked about this earlier in the week, you know, how valuable is it? Obviously, the medical evaluations is by far, by far the most important part, like number if you were going to list the most important parts of the combine, medical evaluation would be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And then you get down to 10, which is, you know, probably the interviews more than the testing. But the one thing the testing does give you, and this is what uh, Daniel Jeremiah said, is it gives you, yeah, everybody's running a four, four, obviously a wide receiver. Obviously, it's a fast track. Obviously, you know, I wouldn't take it too seriously when comparing it to other years and other uh, classes and and that kind of thing. But what you can do is everybody's on the same, you know, fast track. So you can gauge them against each other in this particular draft and know, look, who's the most, who's, who's the fastest in the kid from Baylor ran a a four two nine, so obviously he can run. Um, I haven't seen him on many top one hundred lists or top one fit. So 
you know, it's still about football. It's still about with the wide receiver position specifically. I mean, I always look at who, who do you look at? You look at Devontae Adams. What does he do well? One of the best route runners in the NFL. I always love watching Stephon Diggs. What does he do? Well, he's one of maybe the best route runner in the NFL. Cooper Cup having his historic year. What does he do well? Route running. You know, one, can you catch it? Eagles fans know that. Two, can you get separation? Can you get open? It's great if you can run by people. The Eagles already got people that can run by people. They already got people. You know, can they run routes? Can they do the other stuff? And that's, you know, what I think that kind of stuff gets lost in, in the combine. Right, because you can't uh, attach a number to it. But even the number attaching annoyed the snot out of me because uh, the kid from Baylor ran a 4-2-1, and then hours later they go, well, it's really only a 4-2-8 because 4-2-1 would have been the fastest time ever run at the combine, and then they adjusted it to 4 2 which was, again, the fastest that anyone ran yesterday. And your comment on comparing apples to apples is very true. So he was the fastest. And this is all that we're talking about here, right? The guys who are going to be selected in this year's draft. What happened previous to it is, I guess you can use it as a source of comparison, but it's not going to help you on draft day. You need to compare those that you're looking at now who are available against each other. But still, you get excited because the guy runs a 4 to one faster. Oh, no, 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 no. 4 to 8, <coughs> it makes you doubt the process. That they go, whoa, 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 whoa. That was a little too fast. Let's reevaluate. What the clock's the clock. What the hell did you screw up? If you got to change the time, you did something wrong. Is it just the NFL in general going, well, we don't want to uh, say that they're going that fast? John Ross had the fastest time forever. It, it, it makes like, no, am I really I putting any stock into this? Is any of it believable? Well, that happens every year. So for whatever reason, the official times are the electronic times. So for whatever reason, you know, NFL Network, yeah, whatever, they put their clock on it and it tends to be faster than the final. It happens every year. It, you know, somebody runs a 4-4, a four, four, the final time is 4-4-8 four, four, or something. But yeah, people get really excited. Oh, certain so he broke the record. You know it's coming. You know it's coming that night. It's going to be a little bit slower anytime you're in that range. If, if you don't mind me interrupting, coming that night, it takes two friggin' hours. Yeah, for them well, to be able to get the the information to the I NFL network. You. I I've never asked. Maybe I'll ask somebody. I don't know why it takes so long. Um, but it happens every year. It's not new. It it, it happens every year. Um. And and generally, I've never seen anybody improve, never, not once. Um, yeah, so always, always seems to get slower. Yeah. So, what whatever they're doing on the live broadcast, uh, th- that's the that should be the complaint because I've never, and maybe I'm wrong, and somebody can bring it up if I am, if they can remember, I have never seen anybody get faster when the official times uh, come out. It's always a tick slower. Always. Just a little pet peeve here that I guess I'm whining about, but sorry, it does bother me that you have to, oh, here's your time, until it's not his time. Let's evaluate his new time, which is, as John points out, always slower. Then why the hell am I watching it to begin with? Anyway, 
spent too much time <laughs> watching it. Now that might be the most interesting question. I, you know, look, I, I mean, it's important. We talked about it a little bit with Jalen Hurts and Armstrong. It's important to hit the default setting. Like you got a quarterback, you got to have the arm strength to be an NFL quarterback. Like the Eagles believe Jalen Hurts has reached that default level. And after that, it's not important. The, the, the rest of the stuff is more important. So, you know, all these guys, all these guys, by and large at wide receiver, you know, how deep were we were? I can't even, man, um, I'm trying to look at the 40s. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. 15 ran 4, 4, 4 or better. And if you want to compare that to Jalen Rager's year, he ran a four four seven, which is fast, which is plenty fast enough. So once you hit that default level, then the other stuff is far more important. The stuff I was talking about, the route running, the ability to catch the football, as we know in Philadelphia. And, you know, football IQ and all the stuff Nick Sirianni talks about. So... All right, you know those guys are NFL level athletes. Now, now the heavy lifting begins. You know, can they succeed at their particular position? All right, uh, and the wide receivers, the forty time is something that you do put and should put emphasis on, as you point out. Yeah, but how do you incorporate that into a route? It's a very big plus if you're starting with a tremendous amount of speed. To do so, it gives you the chance to separate and and get open and give the ability of your quarterback to get you the ball. The quarterbacks also threw yesterday. And I'll tell you, J-Mac, now this is more observational. This isn't, well, what did the clock say? We had been talking about leading up to the combine, this year's quarterback class is below average. I've been saying kind of well below average. Uh, nothing yesterday and watching the quarterbacks who were there throw deterred me and got me to change my mind. Uh, as a matter of fact, it kind of cemented what I believed. Kenny Pickett is the best of the bunch. He, oh, he hand be... season. We got to talk about hand size now, Jeff. <laughs> that, that does uh, annoy me even, <sighs> maybe even more than the ever-changing times of the 40s. Uh, the importance of hands. And and if you watch any NFL network, they just pounded in into the ground all day long. But they're right about uh, the fact that when Joe Burrow went number one, everybody seemed to look right past it. Everyone was ready, willing, and able to go past the fact that Joe Burrow had small hands. And rightfully so. And you saw what Burrow did this year. It's just that they're over. I'm not going to say it means nothing, but it is so overemphasized. It's ridiculous. He went out and threw yesterday, and yeah, he threw better than anybody else, at least for this uh, football evaluator's eyes. He had the best arm. He had the ability to get it out of there quick. He had the ability to throw it on a dime. Uh, Malik Willis threw a couple of really nice long balls, and he's got arm strength for sure, but Pickett was the best quarterback yesterday, and he still should not be a top-10 pick in this draft. There is no quarterback in this draft that should be a top-10 pick. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of torn on that because, you know, I don't like when people get into the uh, group thing, thing in the NFL, and I think it happens too much. In other words, you know, everybody gets together and says, this is a bad quarterback draft. I kind of mentioned it was actually quasi uh, a dopa Mensa, so I'll give him credit, the new Vikings GM. He had mentioned the other day, because there's a lot of speculation out there, well, now, is Minnesota going to move on from Kirk Cousins because he makes so much money? And then they would be in the quarterback market. But, you know, and everybody brought up, you know, well, this is a bad quarterback class. And he was the one, and I mentioned this yesterday, said, well, you guys were saying the same thing about the Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes uh, quarterback class. Because I think a lot of people forget, you know, Andy Reid got – a lot of criticism for going up and what he gave up to get Patrick Mahomes because most people had Patrick Mahomes in the twenties. It's revisionist history. Now he ended up going 10 and Andy took a lot of hits. Like, why are you going up that far giving up so much for that kid? He's going to be there in the twenties. And then Deshaun Watson, there were a lot of questions. Turns out there should have been a lot of questions, but, they should have been off-field questions, not on-field questions. Um, and he ended up going 12. And Mitchell Trubisky get, was the one who got pushed up the board, and we all know how that worked out in Chicago. Um, he's right when he says people called it a bad quarterback draft before the process started. And then there's been this incredible hindsight, uh, you know, trying to throw that in the toilet. I always say I like to own my my incorrect picks. I thought Ryan Leaf was going to be a tremendous uh, quarterback. What I didn't have access to was the fact that he was, you know, he had some issues when it came to, you know, I, whatever you want to call it, mental health, whatever you want to call it. Nobody has – somebody like me doesn't have that kind of access. He can't interview the kid. He just looked like he could be a star from a – a physical standpoint, a trait standpoint. And and then you go, but then sometimes you go back to the EJ Manuel draft. Uh and and that was labeled. Yeah, a, could a, could no one say that year that it was a bad uh quarterback draft? Would that have been all well and then and, and then they were right that year. But the point is, you know, just because a bunch of guys on 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 the internet get together and say it's a bad quarterback draft, you can't limit yourself as an NFL decision maker. You got to do your due diligence. You got to do your own work. You got to figure out, well, can these kids play or not? And to the Eagles' credit, it seems like they're doing their due diligence on all the quarterbacks. And we'll see where they land up. I, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe I, I do know quarterbacks tend to go up the board. There's a lot of quarterback desperation. I do think there will be a quarterback coming off the board, probably in the top 10. It's probably going to be Kenny Pickett. But then again, you know, if Carolina, there's a lot of ifs here. That's the most logical spot, right? Carolina. And then Washington. If they go out and do something in free agency or the trade market, then maybe not. Maybe they do get pushed down the board. So there's a lot of moving parts. But I I thought Quezzy was right in saying, look, you know, essentially said, do your own work. Don't be, you know, listening to just because of, you, and you see it all the time on social media, Jody, and any 
part of society. A big group get together and shout everybody else down and say, no, this is the way it is. You know, and, and good NFL teams do their own work. That's right. all. Here, here's where I disagree with you. It doesn't mean that because a major majority of people, maybe loud people, think something that it's wrong because it's groupthink. No, sure. Oh, they can be right. be right. They can absolutely positively be right. What and I said my opinion EJ. here in this year's quarterback class is they would be right. There is no franchise quarterback. We Hopefully you and I are still doing birds 365 10 years from now. And when that's the case, I'm going to say, John, how do you and uh, the Minnesota general manager think about that class now? That, oh, you had to take it unto yourself. Well, you're, you're right. You have to take it unto yourself. But if but when you come to the same that's... conclusion, you don't then say, well, no, because group think says that this is bad. I'm going to say that there's a superstar quarterback in this class. Don't dismiss the group when the group is right. But he didn't dismiss the group. And that's why I brought up, he said, you can't listen to the group. They might be right. He didn't say they were wrong. He didn't say they were wrong. They might be right, and that's why I brought up the E.J. Manuel draft. They might be wrong, and that's why I brought up the Patrick Mahomes draft. There, he, he didn't say they were wrong. He said you can't get caught up into that, and that part of it, I think he's right. Now, do I know if Kenny Pickett is going to be a franchise quarterback? Hell no. If you ask me if he is, I'd probably say no. I'd probably say that about everybody. I tend to lean towards the more negative because I've seen more guys fail than guys succeed. But I'm just saying because a bunch of people get together and say, okay, this group is terrible, I I don't necessarily think that's right because I've seen in the past where they're wrong. That's all I'm saying. doesn't mean they are wrong. It means there's a possibility and I think NFL teams that get caught into listening to the common commonality, the common narrative, whatever you want to call it, I think those are the bad organization. Do your own process. And by the way, this is where I give the Eagles credit for, because I think they do. And I do think they do their own process. And if they come to the conclusion that, <clears throat> excuse me, if Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral or Malik Willis is capable of being a high-ceiling quarterback, well, they'll have interest in those players. Ultimately, if you if you ask me, will, will they be high? I would probably say no, me personally, because right. I get caught up in the comment. I mean, I trust my core guys like Daniel Jeremiah and uh, Dane Brugler. These are the guys I trust in the draft. Ed Kratz, as I sit there and he jumps on. Um, those are the guys I trust. I don't have time to do, and I certainly can't interview these guys in a personal setting. So I just kind of lean on the people I trust. Teams got to go about it a different way. And I agree with that. That's all I'm saying. No, and I say uh, every team should do their own work. No one should sit down and go, what's the internet think of this quarterback? That general manager should be fired today. Not well, tomorrow, and I don't mean, today. It, and I don't mean, you know, Joe slap, you know, what on the internet, I'm talking about the guys I'm talking about the, the, the Jeremiah's and the, and the, and the Mel Kuypers and the guys with a history and our buddy, Rick Saratella and Matt Manicharian and so on and so on and so on. These guys know a lot about football, but they don't have the information NFL teams do unless they're 
working actively for an NFL team. So there are other sort of curveballs you got to throw into an evaluation. And you'd be surprised how many, how many teams don't have the courage of their convictions to, and will lean on other people. Well, You'd be surprised. Case, that's a case. Shame on them. All right. As uh, John mentioned, we are punching up our first guest of the day next. He's got to get to a couple of interviews. So we'll spend a couple of minutes with Ed Kratz from Sports Illustrated here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Appreciate you're jumping in on a football Friday here on Birds 365. McMullen McDonald. And game day Kratz, Ed Kratz, live from Indianapolis. I'm trying to figure out your backdrop there, Kratz. Where are you at? I'm inside. Can you hear me okay? First yeah. of all, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm using these headsets. Uh, you know, inside the Indiana Convention Center, uh, probably about, I don't know, three quarters of a mile because it's so huge in here. These hallways, I don't know. I know John's been here, Jody. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever been inside this place, but it, it feels like this is what purgatory would look like. You're just wandering <laughs> these badly carpeted hallways that yeah. are, you know, 12 feet long and the ceilings are humongous and there's doorways everywhere. 
so yeah, I got about another three quarters of a mile before I can get down to where the interviews are actually taking place. But I'm inside. I'm here. I'm on location, and uh, and it's early. Uh, yeah, no, no matter how many times Ed, I, I go there, I guarantee I'm going to get lost at, at some point. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, I, well, so you know, like, I, I've been here a week. So, you know, after a day of kind of remembering things, because, of course, they didn't have this event last year, I'm, I'm back on track. I have my routes down. Uh, I don't have to leave the breadcrumbs anymore to kind of figure out where and how I got to where I got. So I, I'm good. I'm, I'm that's good. good. That's good. That's like your version of the whiteboard. You know, you erase <laughs> it and can you remember? Right. And then, you know, if you have a good uh, combine <laughs> IQ. I also assume you ran a 4-4 because everybody was running. They were handing out 4-4s like candy last night. Uh, <laughs> well... <laughs> I usually run a four four to the food spread, so you know when they put out a spread of food, that's when I do my best. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, I, I I think I'd be a little slower than that, no matter how how you know how quickly they were handing these times out. <laughs> yeah. Ak, while you were in uh, the actual Lucas Oil Stadium, and those wide receivers were putting up those fast times, and those quarterbacks were throwing the routes that were prescribed for them, did anybody jump out for whatever reason? You can tell us they. Uh, looked better. They ran better. The clock said their delivery was better. Who was the guy who made you go? All right, this guy's better than I had heard before. Be careful taking group think because McMullen will get all ticked yeah, up don't like it. using like somebody it. else's opinion. I'm asking you your very own opinion, Ed. Anybody jump out at you? Well, you know, I was out to dinner actually last night when all the testing was taking place. We had a, a we big know dinner. what you were doing. Uh, so <laughs> um, I, I'm not really up to date on my numbers and who did what, but I guess the buzz where we were eating was the kid from Baylor, uh, somebody Thornton. I don't, I don't know his first yeah. name. He, he, he ran, ran a 421. Right. They, that, they adjusted it to 429. Right, right. But that was kind of the buzz at dinner last night. Wow, did you see this kid? From, and, you know, we had wide receivers uh a day earlier and we're like boy did he even speak at any of the podiums like nobody could remember who this yeah. kid was and you know we look back at the at the schedule and it was something you know they have all these different podiums that these players speak at and they have some side off tables where you know traffic is far less than what it is at the bigger podiums where players sit on an elevated stage and thornton was at one of these little side tables that you just kind of walk by and rarely give a glance to so uh you know i think my biggest surprise would probably be him. And now I got to go back and look and see, you know, who he is and what kind of season he had and, you know, do a little homework on him. But he, I guess he would be the biggest surprise. And then, you know, there's all the buzz about Kenny Pickett's hand size, and, you know, <laughs> how legitimate that is. Yeah. And, you know, we were trying to measure our hands last night at dinner. And uh, what'd you, you get? Know. I, I, you know, you, you got big hands. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would have a fumbling problem. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the guys who who generated uh, some hype uh, some hype through the gauntlet was uh, the UCLA tight end. That kid, um, Greg. I guess what's what's his name? Greg Dulcich, I believe, is how you pronounce it. Now that's not necessarily a position that's much that's been hyped much. Not expected to have any first-round picks. But I do think it's one of those sneaky needs for the Eagles because we all know Dallas Goddard's a star, but you need a backup. And Jack Stoll was a nice story. He's an undrafted free agent, but he's kind of limited. And Tyree Jackson tore his ACL late 
in December, so he's not going to have an offseason. Any chance we start talking about tight ends in the third round, fourth round, somewhere in that range? Yeah, third round might be a little bit rich, I think. But, I, you know, I think there will be tight ends there for the Eagles to take. You mentioned the kid from UCLA. And, listen, I, I give him props for putting up with Chip Kelly for the last couple of years. <laughs> you know, that's got to be a little star on his resume there. But, um, uh, yeah, I think the Eagles certainly, you mentioned the two guys there, will take a tight end at some point. I think it will be a third day. I don't think they'll go second day. And, and, you know, these picks, you know, Howie Roseman's going to just move all over the board here. I mean, this is going to be kind of a wild draft because I really do think that, you know, he's going to swing deals throughout the draft, whether to move up, whether to move back, whether to get into the next year's draft, uh, you know. So we don't – they have 10 picks right now. And, yes, I think they will take a tight end. But I'm not sure they're going to take 10 picks. I think they're going to kind of, you know, move around, like I said. Um, but, yeah, you could definitely see a tight end. Uh, you know, that the Eagles will take. But there weren't too many tight ends here. I don't know how big of a class it is, um, you know, what the selection of tight yeah, ends. Yeah, I don't think it's a, it's a deep class, and that's why I was asking, because if you like a kid, you better you go get him. Get him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I could see them maybe going an undrafted route again. Um, but, you know, they do like Stoll, Dallas Goddard, obviously, rising uh, star at that position. And then you kind of have to hope Austin Jackson stays healthy. I know Jason Kroom. Uh, is a guy that is a free agent. You know, maybe they could look to bring him back if things don't go the way they hope in the draft and they don't land one. But, you know, there will be some options, I think, for them to bring in, you know, kind of an unheralded guy if they don't take somebody in the draft. All right, Ed, since it seems like your assignment was more to listen to these guys get involved with the interviews that they made all available to you guys rather than uh, the actual workouts yesterday, anybody draw attention because – they were either smart or they were outrageous or uh, they said something that no one expected them to say. Was there anyone who got the uh, those of you who were involved in the interview of the players buzzing? Well, I, you know, one guy that I, I really think a lot of after the interviews is well, there are a couple of guys, but one of them is the Icky Ekwanu from NC State. I mean, that that guy is, first of all, he's rock solid as a player. I think he. I think Doug Peterson's going to take him number one in the draft. Uh, and he's just a really engaging personality. It's like, man, I, that'd be so good to cover that guy. I wish the Eagles had the first pick and they could take him because he's very outgoing. He's a, he's a very musically gifted uh, person. Uh, he, he, he used to wrestle. And, you know, I have a, an affinity for wrestlers since I coach high school wrestling. But, uh, you know, he's just a terrific guy. And, and another guy that really stuck out to me, and, and maybe the Eagles are, are, could take this guy as a running back named Damian Pierce from the University of Florida. Um, you know, he, he didn't have a whole lot of touches at Florida. And he was at, I asked him about why he didn't get so many carries in Florida. And he said, well, we had a loaded backfield. We all understood our roles. We had a lot of talent in the backfield. And to me, less than 100 carries signifies less tread on the tire, if you will, and fresher legs. But, man, he was, so, he was very funny. Very engaging, very good guy to talk to. You know, you ask him, like, someone asked him, like, what advice would you give your younger self? You know, these are the kinds of questions <laughs> that sometimes, yeah. like the Super Bowl uh, row, uh, when you get these somewhat ridiculous questions. But yeah. someone said, what advice would you give your former self? And he's like, I would tell him to take naps, take lots of naps, get plenty of rest, because you get older. And he goes, I'm not that old. He goes, but you, you get tired <laughs> quick. Uh, and, and I said, how's your catching? And he said, you know, how do you catch the ball? Are you good at it? And he's like, oh, I had 17 targets and 17 receptions, so no drops. And I said, how about your pass blocking? And he said, there was never a quarterback on the ground when I was on the field. So, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. just a 
you know, very engaging kid, uh, you know, little fire plug type, you know, he can run guys over and ask to describe his running style. That's what he said. Very angry, uh, up tempo, uh, you know, he's five, nine, 220 pounds. Uh, you know, he's a guy that the Eagles could circle maybe in the fourth round to take, because, you know, that's about where the sweet spot is for running backs, uh, in this draft. And usually where the Eagles spend their, their draft capital is in the, you know, the third, third day, early third day. So, I could see him being a guy, and I liked him. And I, and I also like Trevor Penning, the offensive tackle from Northern Iowa, uh, 6'6", 320, plays with a nasty streak, reminds a lot of people of John Runyon. And when you talked to him yesterday, he called himself a nasty uh, P-word, uh, a PR word. I, I don't know if I can okay. say it. He, you know, he, he described we got you. Yeah, he, he described himself that way. and. Yeah, he said, listen, I, I like to play physical. He goes, I like to make the other guy across from me feel my pain. I mean, you just love the way this guy talk. And when you look at his senior bowl, I don't know if you saw any of that. And you know, during the practices that week, I mean, he was just playing after the whistle violently. Now, he said, yeah, I do have to control some of that. I have to remember to play yeah, the whistle. We don't, yeah, we don't want those 15-yard flags. Yeah, Yeah, right. But you remember John Runyon, man. He's downfield, oh, yeah. you know, hammering people. And that and that's what, what this guy was talking about. And I would love to see the Eagles kind of draft him as far as an heir apparent to Lane Johnson. I mean, I, this kid, I think, is going to be very good. I don't think he'll be there in the second round. I think he'll probably go in the first. But yep. uh, I really liked him. I liked his Daniel Falele from Minnesota. Oh, he's like Jordan Mailata size. He, he met. He talked about meeting Jordan Mailata uh, two weeks ago. Uh, he's from Australia. He's 6'9", 380, about the – I think he's 6'8", 380, which is the same dimensions as – uh, Milata, but listen, you have Lane Johnson there, so this kid could be, you know, someone that the Eagles draft, turn him over to Jeff Stoutland and see if you can mold him into something. And then, then maybe in two years or whenever Lane, you know, kind of starts to, you know, decline, uh, he'll be ready to step in and, and match up opposite Jordan Milata. And then you have two Australian bookends at tackles, which would be pretty cool. But, yeah, you know, he's, what's, he, what's in the water in Australia? <laughs> I know they're locked down, so maybe we don't know what the heck they're doing, but yeah. man. I think it's the same thing they're doing with Alabama players. They might be making them in some laboratory somewhere in yeah. the backwoods where nobody knows about, you know, just mixing test tubes. and. You know, Speaking of Alabama, because you, you wrote about the running backs at SI.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. Obviously, Philadelphia finally stopped that drought. Howie Roseman joked about it, his wife, and obviously he's a Florida guy. Um, finally went the Alabama route, and all of a sudden they get two really, really good players in Devontae Smith and Landon Dickerson. Um, running back, I love that Brian Robinson kid for this reason. You, yeah. you mentioned pass protection. The Eagles have had an issue with pass protection when it comes to uh, picking up the blitz. And I know a lot of people made uh, a lot of what Robinson was as a pass protector down at the senior bowl. Um, Eagles are going to draft a running back because this might be the last year of Miles Sanders. Jordan Howard, we know, is effective behind this offensive line, but he's a free agent. If they do bring him back, it's not going to be till late in the process. They're going to try to get better. Boston Scott's restricted, but, you know, they'll bring him back. But he's he's a good backup, but they want to get better. Kenny Gainwell sort of that third down in the hurry-up back. So they're going to draft a back. And you mentioned – uh, Pierce from Florida. What do you think of Robinson from Alabama? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I did write about the running backs and I think the Eagles are looking for that, you know, 
cliche bowling ball running back that can knock guys down, uh, kind of that role Jordan Howard had kind of softening up the middle of a defense. And, you know, I think Brian Robinson can do that. Uh, you know, I think he's 6'2", 220. He's a big kid. Uh, you know, I think he has to learn to play a little bit more behind his pads and get a little lower. But, yeah, he, he talked about his pass blocking. He said, listen, that's a, that's a very important part of my job. I don't take it lightly. I hate to see my quarterback on the ground. And, you know, that's kind of the skill set that running backs need to really learn when they hit the NFL is how to pass block and how to pick up the blitzer or the guy coming free off the edge or someone that slips a block. And he, you know, he certainly talked about all that. It sounds like he could do that. Um, but yeah, I, I like him a lot. Uh, I think the Eagles could, could dip uh, for another Alabama player and it might be Brian Robinson. I mean, listen, Alabama sends all these guys into the pros and they're always asked about, you know, Jalen Waddle and, uh, Mac Jones and Devontae Smith, and if they played with Jalen Hurts, and um, you know he, he he's done that. He was patient. He waited his turn. He could have transferred. He, you know he's talked about staying with Alabama and the program and kind of trusting the process. Something we're all familiar with here in Philadelphia with that term uh, about staying in Alabama and not transferring. And you know I think you get points for that if you're an NFL team. And he talked about loyalty and you know, things he'll do for uh, teams to take a chance on him is, you know, he'll, he'll put his heart on the line and he'll play hard. So I, he said a lot of good things and uh, certainly fits the skill set and the size that the Eagles probably could be looking for. And, you know, there's a couple others. Hassan Haskins says, I'd rather be the hammer than the nail. I like to run into people and knock them over. Uh, you know, good, good quote. Uh, I'm not sure how good he catches the ball. He said he's fine with it. I don't, I'm not sure that. And I don't know how he does in pass pro, but yeah, Brian Robinson to me could be an Eagles target. And you're right. I think they will draft a running back. You mentioned Miles Sanders, how he was asked about how uh, Sanders uh, when he spoke here on Tuesday uh, or Wednesday. And, you know, he, he sounded like he's going to have to kind of earn that contract. He said, listen, we've given us extensions to sweat uh, Malata you know, early, he goes, and we like Miles Sanders a lot. Uh, and let's see how the fourth year goes. So I, I think he's not going to get an extension this summer or the start of the year. I think they're going to have, he's going to have to show that, you know, I can be a part of this team. And that makes the ver first six, seven weeks of his season very important for him to stay healthy and to be productive if he wants to get another contract in Philadelphia. And he is the problem with Robinson going down the stick it out at Alabama shows character route. You're kind of calling your own quarterback on the carpet if that's the case because Jalen Hurts didn't stick it out at Alabama. He got out of Dodge and went to Oklahoma. So I'm not sure that's what you want to build your Eagle resume on. Anybody else? Yeah, but the Eagles, that one might not fit. All right, yeah. uh, but away from the running back, let's go LB instead. Howie Roseman, you, you were there the other day when he spoke. He did at least acknowledge, hey, we've got to do what Jonathan Gannon wants to do on defense. He's our defense coordinator. We're renting him. He's going to become head coach for someone else. He certainly was complimentary of Gannon. Will they put an added emphasis on linebacker just because of Jonathan Gannon? He was the D.C. last year. He had not a year under his belt. He was only a hiree, but I didn't see any change on the emphasis the Eagles put on linebacker last year. Why is this year going to be different? Well, you know, I, I, Howie also said, I think we're just renting Jonathan Gannon because, you know, he's a good person. He's a good coach. And we saw this year he interviewed a couple places for a head coaching job. So they think they'll probably lose him. So you don't want to draft a player just because he fits the coach's scheme. But, you know, I think in this situation and, you know, I've, I've heard that they, you know, I know Howie said that we're, we're grading every position the same linebackers included. But, you know, I've been told that the Eagles are 
you know, doing a lot of homework on the linebackers in this draft, uh, who obviously the, the two big ones, Devin Lloyd and, and uh, Nicobe Dean. But, you know, there's some other ones that they could take in the second round. Chad Muma, uh, Quay Walker from Georgia. Uh, but, yeah, the Eagles are doing, I think, more homework maybe at that position than they have at the pass. And I, I think that there's a good chance they could uh, tip the apple cart and grab one in the first round. If not, I would think maybe the second. And again, this is all predicated on what they do with these picks. You know, you have four picks among the first 51 players and you could move back, you could move up, you could trade out. I mean, there's so many things you could do, but if they stay with these three picks, and I think they might trade back with that 19th pick and get something later in the draft. Um, but I think they could pick a linebacker. Uh, I really do in the first round. If not, then then the second. Just based on I know Howie said, you know, we got to get somebody for Gannon. And it's true. They do. But you, ha- you don't want to just draft a guy because he fits a coach's scheme. But I think there are other reasons that the Eagles are doing their homework on linebackers more so than in the past. And uh, I know you got to run and do more interviews this morning. So last one for me and everybody, uh, check out Ed and his coverage. Great coverage, si.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. Um, uh, the best part of being an indie is you get to hear the whispers. So uh, anything you've heard about the Eagles and, and free agency before the draft, because that tends to clarify the draft plans and what are they going to try and patch before we even get to April 28th? I think they're going to try to patch the safety spot. Uh, that's kind of what I'm hearing. There's a safety in Houston that they're, uh, I think, loading up to try to make a, a run at, and that's uh, Justin Reed. Uh, it's kind of in that sweet spot where if you're going to go big on a free agent, you you know got 25 to 27-year-old yeah. player. Coming off this first uh, yeah, ascending potential improvement. It's what they did with Brandon Brooks back in the day. Same team. Yes. So I, you know, I think Justin Reed makes sense. Uh, it's kind of the mum hearing in free agency. Uh, I'm also hearing. Well, oh, Eddie's, free- Eddie's freezing up. And oh, by the way, he's got to run. Uh, he's got a bunch of interviews. We knew we were only going to have Ed for uh, 15, 20 minutes. There so we is. thank Ed Kratz for Thanks, Ed. Uh, hopping thank on board. He's uh, going to get back to the interview stuff. As will we. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. You got us here on Birds 365. More Combine Talk coming back. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub. And in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. 
That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. John McMullen, I would be Jody McDonald. You got your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. Thank you. Ed Game Day Kratz for hopping on board, uh, doing the indie thing, talking to all the guys. I'm going to have to take a closer look at the kid Reese from Florida. Uh, said he was a very engaging young man. I've seen uh, some of his games. He hasn't jumped out because, as Ed correctly pointed out, they used a bunch of different backs down in Florida this year. So there was no standout guy putting up big numbers. But uh, you can find a diamond in the rough, a guy who was maybe underused on the collegiate level. Give him a chance to shine on the pro level. Before you know it, you got yourself a star. So that's the kid I'm going to do a little bit more research on. Uh, John, unfortunately, we can't control. I said this at the top of the show. I'm going to repeat myself here. Um, I, I just don't have faith that the Eagles are going to take a wide receiver in the first round. I'd like them to. I know who I want them to take. I don't know if Garrett Wilson's going to be there when their first pick comes up in the first round, either the first or second, because they have back-to-back picks. If they want to take the receiver second, because they're going to take somebody else first for negotiating purposes, I uh, certainly understand that. And uh, uh, if uh, Garrett Wilson is their second first-round pick as compared to their first, it doesn't really matter. Um, He's the guy that I want. I have little faith that he's either going to be there I think he's going to go before the Eagles actually pop up. And there's not there's no way they're trading up to get a wide receiver after taking first round wide receivers the last two years. And not only do I not think they're going to take the quarterback, I don't know that a quarterback deserves to go in the first round. And you uh, asked them about the tight end group. I like the kid from Virginia. Uh, what the hell is his name? Jelani? He, he looked the pretty good yesterday he opened my eyes i did watch the tight ends work out yeah i i I only brought up the ucla kid because i got texted a couple times about him uh from people in the league but tight end yeah it it is one of those positions um where it's not very high profile this year and there are few expected nobody's expected to go 
I'm just looking at my 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 sort of list I put together. You got Trey McBride. He's from yeah, the kid from Colorado one. State. A lot of people like him. Um, Jeremy Ruckert, he's from Ohio State. Isaiah Likely, who's from Coastal Carolina. And then uh, the kid I mentioned from UCLA, Greg uh, Dulcich, who opened some eyes as far as, I guess, his athleticism, his ability to catch the football. Not a huge tight end draft, so that's why I said if you want – even depth, you you better and you 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 identify a kid you want. You, you're going to have to seize the moment, I think, because there's not a ton of options at that particular position, um, and it's probably not the biggest need. But one of the things I'm glad we got, unfortunately, we got cut off a little bit in the end, and I was hoping Ed would get to uh, Justin Reed because one of the things. And I would like to ban mock drafts until after free agency, after the first wave of free agency. Obviously, you can't do that. If I were king of the world back in the day, an old columnist used to write that. Because they're so meaningless until you figure out. Because they offer so many breadcrumbs and so many hints, every NFL team, about how they're going to address the draft by what they do in free agency. And like you mentioned wide receiver. Yeah. I think the Eagles are going to address it. I think that's where Ed was going to go after Justin Reed at wide receiver and free agency, but I'm not positive. Um, So, you know, insert name, DJ shark, uh, Michael Gallup, what, whomever you want to go with Jody. If they get one of those guys, I'm with you. They're not taking a wide receiver. If they can't, for whatever reason, well, then it's got to be back in the hopper. So I, I agree with you right now as we speak today on March, whatever it is. But that could change if, if free agency doesn't go the way the Eagles want it to go. And, oh, by the way, I'm perfectly fine with that. Would I like to see him get a veteran wide receiver? Yes, because you like balance in your wide receiver room, little veteran, little youth. First year player, second year, third year player. I think that only makes it easier because guys are at different stages and can help each other and work with each other. So that's in a perfect world. Yeah, I'd like to see him get a veteran wide receiver. Getting another young guy, I'd be perfectly fine with. I'm not going to say, oh my, how you can't have all these guys. Yeah, you can. And it's going to be upon more so the head coach than anybody else because he is a former wide receiver coach and he, talks the wide receiver game very well. I think mm-hmm. Nick Sirianni has to spend more time with the wide receivers this upcoming year. And I don't least, think he could. I don't think he could spend more time than he did last year with the wide receivers. I don't think it's possible. So I don't know if that's the route to go. But, you know, uh, who was it uh, yesterday? Tommy. Tommy Lawler brought up a good point yesterday from e- Eagles Blitz when we had him on. You know, this is not, you know, an offense built for, as I call it, high-volume passing. Um, So you're not going to have a lot of targets. I hear what you're saying, and I think that's where the Eagles ultimately want to go. And all these things fit together, Jody. You know, they want to get to this point where they have three explosive, four explosive playmakers like the Rams and Cincinnati, the Rams when they're healthy, 
and Cincinnati has all those receivers. You want to get to that point. But if you don't have the vehicle to get them the football, well, you know, it's like having a knickknack in your house that's just all dusty. I mean, what 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 are you doing with it if you can't get, you know, right now as this offense was cobbled together late last season when they made their run, Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard were getting all the traffic, basically. All the traffic. And then you had a little bit of crumbs for Quez Watkins and Jalen Rager. And, yeah, would you like uh, those guys to be more effective with those crumbs? Uh, Yes. And would you like better players? But, you know, when you get better players, they're not going to be happy with those crumbs if you understand where I'm going with this. They weren't going to want the football. And they're not going to be happy with crumbs. So it does create a a difficult issue for the head coach if you don't have the vehicle to distribute the football to all these toys. Understood. But <clears throat> the Eagles were better last year when they ran the ball more. We agree with that. They started off shaky. They had a below average uh, record, below 500. And the head coach made a concerted decision. Damn, I guess we got to run the ball. And I do believe he used the word damn in his own mind before he actually came up with the decision. I've got to run the ball more than we have in the first couple of games. And when they did run the ball more, they won more games. And that's what this is all about is winning more games, right? Um, Do you believe that he did it just because he, he, he had a change in his soul or do you think he did it because he just looked at the results and said the results aren't good enough we've got to do something different yeah i exactly the latter he right decided, the latter. um he decided we put too much on a, a young quarterback's plate and you got to scale it back and help him and then they started having success and they rode the wave so, so is that speak. the game plan going into this year Yes and no. I I think <laughs> you got to get off the fence on this one, McMullen. This one is not what no. you can sit atop the fence. It's either a yes or a no. Well, no, they don't want to do it. Yes, they might have to do it. It's not necessarily a fence. It's a firm no. They don't want to do it. They didn't want to do it last year. They don't want to do it next year. They don't want to do it in twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four. And that's why we have these conversations we have, and we're going to continue to have them no matter how many times Howie Roseman gives a vote of confidence until they get a high-volume passer. Now, maybe Jalen Hurts can develop into that, and then it no longer becomes an issue. However, until he does, it's an issue because, no, that's a firm no. They do not want to play like they played at the end of last season when they were successful. And that's why I'm, I guess the point I'm trying to get to is if you are of the belief that ultimate success, Super Bowl championship and the like, you have to be a more pass heavy team than the Philadelphia Eagles were last year. If that's your major organizational stance and belief, well then how do we move the needle? 
if we were effective running the football last year, but don't think we can be ultimately tip-top effective doing it that way, what do we have to do to change the narrative? Get better in the passing game. How do you get better in the passing game? Well, if you're not ready to make a move on a quarterback yet, if you're not ready to trade three ones for Russell Wilson, if you still think there is upside to Jalen Hurts and that he can get better in the needed areas and become, as John McMullen calls him, a high-volume passing quarterback, okay, fine. Well, then where else are you going to improve the passing game? It's got to be wide receiver. Then you got to be willing to pay that use a first round draft pick on a wide receiver. You got to be willing if he's not franchised to put a major offer out there for a Mike Williams. I personally think San Diego is going to slap the tag on him in the next couple of days. And he's going to come out of the mix. We know Devontae Adams at a minimum is going to get these uh, tags slapped on him too. So the, the best of the best wide receivers, I think they're not even going to get a chance to take a swing at, but they better be ready, willing and able to take a big swing. And I hate to say it um, when Eddie brought up, uh, read the, the safety from uh, Houston, Houston. I think he's going to be a, a pretty good uh, cash money player. I don't think that they make that their number one priority. There's two number one priorities there. Actually, there's almost like two and a half because they've got those three first round draft picks all close enough to together that they're all grouped together. So I'll use all three in one. They've got the money that they're going to put most into any one wide uh, free agent during this offseason. And one of those three draft picks, I don't know how, if you want to get back to throwing the football more, the overall organizational belief, we always put Jeffrey Laurie into this conversation, that he believes in a high-octane passing game. One of them's got to go to a wide receiver. I'm sorry. Jalen Hurts got his shot. All he is is a lottery ticket at this point that you got to hold on to for one more year and give him a half a shot. But you've got to have better than him coming into the season next year. Yeah, well, you're right. Ultimately, you know, and Howie will also say this. So there's a lot of contradictions. I mean, let's be honest. And, you know, just get good players. And the Eagles want to get better playmakers. They've said that as well. They said they want to put better pieces around Jalen Hurts. They've said that. Um, And that's why no one believes them. No matter how many times they go up there and give this vote of confidence, Nobody in this league believes them for two reasons. One, the stuff going on behind the scenes. And everybody knows they sent uh, an investigator down to Texas to uh, look at the uh, Deshaun Watson allegations and gather as much information as possible. Everybody knows they're making the calls behind the scenes. Everybody knows they're keeping an eye on what's going on. So nobody believes them. Well, Nobody believes them because of the actions and because of the realism of their situation and the fact that you're right, you'd love to bring in these players. And we can even talk about Devontae Adams and Mike Williams and the the pie-in-the-sky stuff. Those players wouldn't want to come here anyway, even if they got to the open market, for the same thing I was talking about. They're not going to have enough traffic. Good receivers, great receivers, what do they want, Jody? They want the stinking football sure. you even have to start asking about Devonte smith at some point and Devonte is not your typical diva wide receiver i mean he's a hard-working kid keeps his head down doesn't have a big ego um 
But at some point, he's not going to be happy with his numbers. Uh, and they're good for Philadelphia because we've gotten used to it in the short term. And it's an NFL record, uh, not NFL record, franchise record for receiving yards, whatever. He, I think it was at 916 or something, 912, somewhere in that range. You start looking at Justin Jefferson the year before, Jamar Chase last year. These monster, monster numbers. And Devontae Smith's, I don't know if he's as good as them, but he's in the conversation. And if he had Joe Burrow throwing him the football, or if he had Kirk Cousins throwing him the football, he'd have 13 and 1,400 yards. Um, at some point, receivers, any receivers from Jerry Rice and Randy Moss on down, they are at the mercy of the vehicle getting them the football. And they all want the football. They all have that in common. And they all want the big numbers. And they all want to show off against their peers. That's part of what makes them great. And that's where the Eagles want to get to. And that's why nobody believes the Eagles. The problem is... There is not a path to get Russell Wilson at. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The present time. There's not a path to get to Sean Watson at the present time. So you talked about me being on the fence. I'm not on the fence. I know what the Eagles want to do. The Eagles are on the fence. The Eagles don't see a path to get to where they what they want to do. So they have to make the best of where they are. That's where the Eagles are. Gotcha. And that's I what's was, going I, on. I thought I, I thought I was asking you what the Eagles want to be. Uh, if you took it as what you think the Eagles are going to actually do in its upcoming season. Yeah, you're right. They are, they're probably still sitting on the fence and they're saying one thing, but would desire to do another. Um, you're right. No, I was asking you in their heart of hearts, what do the Eagles oh, yeah. want to I... do as an organization, which is pass the ball more. And I think your read on the quarterback market is dead on right. They're okay with Jalen Hurts. They've got faith in Jalen Hurts, fingers crossed. But that they really love Jalen? No, they'd rather have someone who's more established and they could have more confidence in. But they're willing to, if if the tea leaves read out this way, they're willing to go to war with Jalen Hurts. And yeah, he's got improved. Then Sirianni did a real nice job. I thought he was very honest the other day when he talked about the attributes that a quarterback has to have to be a winning quarterback in this league and that uh, Jalen is already there in two of the categories for him, but he's got two categories that are very important that he has to improve upon. I, I agree wholeheartedly with Sirianni's analysis of Jalen Hurts' game. 
I'm one who thinks that there is still room for improvement and uh, believe that he can get better and we can go a year further into evaluating before a truly final decision has to make. And then a year later, as you pointed out a couple times over the last week or so here in town, all of a sudden Jalen Hurts is going to cost money too. It's yeah. great that they have Jalen Hurts for this lesser price because he's on a rookie contract, but because he was a second round draft pick, you only have four years rather than five to come up with your decision as to whether you're going to go to a uh, second contract or not. If Jalen Hurts does improve and does give you more faith that he can be the quarterback that you're going forward with, guess what? You're going to have to pay him the year after anyway. So yeah. uh, they, they yeah. are in. And I, and I maintain it's one year less than most people because by not, it, you could play it out. We've talked about this before, Jody. You can play out all four years at the very cost-effective price. But by not extending him uh, after the third year, you're essentially saying, all right, we're, we're going in a di- different direction by the fifth year. Now, you could always change your mind. Um, you know, he could all of a sudden explode. But still, then you're getting the extension midseason. You're getting an extension done. If they don't get an extension done, they have flat out said, Maybe not publicly, but they flat out said, we have made our decision. This is not our long-term quarterback. So you kind of know where you are um, by midway. At worst case scenario, midway through the fourth year. If If they don't make a move, if they don't make a move, and you saw it with lesser players. I mean, 2018, this is the perfect example. Perfect example. With Dallas Goddard, Jordan Mylotta, Josh Sweat, Avante Maddox. Every single one of them got extensions either at the beginning of the season, in the case of Mylotta, shortly into the season. And the one who took the longest, the most difficult, was Dallas Goddard because Dallas knew he was going to get paid and paid in a big way and was betting on himself. The Eagles ultimately were still able to get it done. My point is, the larger picture of that, Jody, is they identified, they they knew they wanted to extend all of these players before the start of the season. They identified it. They knew it. They made the decision. They will do the same thing with Jalen Hurts. They might not be able to get it done, but they will be trying, and it will be out there, and they will they will have made their decision. So it's quicker. It's even quicker than people think. Here's where I disagree with you. Um, Players get every single year. We've got a couple of players who get franchise tagged, right? Those were guys that thought that they should have gotten extensions, didn't get them, or teams weren't 100% sure. So they continued to play on the original contract. And then, yes, you got to a point where, damn, he is too good for us to let us walk. And I had to slap a franchise tag on him. Why didn't they just extend them ahead of time? Because they couldn't come to an agreement. Sometimes it's just that difficult to get a deal done. I don't think that it's outrageous to say that Jalen Hurts plays all four years of his contract under the, the rookie deal that it was. And then no, the decision- and that's why and that's why I brought up Dallas Cotter. Yes, Kirk Cousins being the better example when he was in Washington as a as a quarterback. Um, you know, he bet on himself and, you know, nobody's better 
if we had Andrew Brandt and his business hall of fame on the show, he would tell you nobody's better at maximizing his value, maybe in the history of football than Kirk Cousins. Yep. We're talking about Kirk Cousins again. He's going to make $45 million, whether it's in Minnesota or somewhere else. And he's going to get another raise on top of that if he gets an extension, whether it's in Minnesota or somewhere else. And that's, by the way, the kind of money we're talking about because of the explosion of the salary cap. What I'm saying, but you're, you're, you're exactly right, Jody. He might bet on himself and he might play out his rookie contract and the Eagles might be forced to franchise him. Okay. But you will know, you will know by the third year, whether they want to extend Jalen Hurts or not. The Eagles will have made that decision. The Eagles, it will be leaked to Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport that they're trying to work on it. I'm not saying they can get it done because the Eagles want to go the cost-effective route. They always, That's why they do it. That's why they identify it. That's what they were trying to do with Dallas Goddard. They wanted to get Dallas Goddard done before week one. They wanted to get Dallas Goddard done first before Jordan Mailata, before Josh Sweat, before Avante Maddox. I believe they got him done last because he understood his value. The actual end game is not what I'm talking about. The, the evaluation has to be done after the third year and will be done. And the evaluation is either up or down. We want them or we don't want them. That is that is the part I'm talking about. Fair enough. All right, then let me ask you a couple questions so we can try and put a a graspable uh, number on this for Eagle fans with your line of thinking. Uh, this past year, they just came out with uh, the was it uh, Pro Football Focus or was it NFL NFL.com had rankings, which had Jalen Hurts as the 17th ranked quarterback in the National Football League, which is the tippy-top of the bottom half because there's 32 teams. So if you're 17th, you're the first guy on the second list, which is okay, is good, is solid, is not great, is not franchise-like. It is what it is, 17th. But his first year as a starter, so we are looking for and expecting improvement. Is there an area whereby... They don't have the answer yet, John. They don't have the answer now. If they did, they'd talk about a contract extension right now. You talk about getting a uh, team-friendly deal done with two years left to go on a contract. Well, they can't. The rules, they can't extend. When can they officially start? When the season starts? Yeah, third third year. So it'll be next year. Um, You can work out an extension. So the Eagles can't work out an extension now. But I hear what you're saying. In that, you know, what is the price going to be? And I've been trying to get Brad Spielberger, and he's out in Indianapolis, so he'll probably get back to me next week. But because I asked that same question, you know, because the 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 salary cap is supposed to spike pretty significantly next year. Um, There's a big jump this year that was more COVID related um, because it was scaled back the first time ever because of the pandemic, then there was a big spike this year, but then the TV deals kick in next year and there's going to be this huge spike. And obviously quarterbacks, it starts with quarterbacks. So I look at those guys 
in the Derek Carr range. Derek Carr's looking for an extension. He's talking about $40 million. $40 million. Um, now, was, Jalen Hurts isn't Derek Carr. Um, Kirk Cousins, as I mentioned, 35 now. He's looking, he's making 45 total. Um, salary's 35. He's looking for a raise, $40 million. Um, so part of it depends, okay, where's Jalen Hurts going this year? John, I don't think we can do the money because we don't know where the money is going to go. You're right. We need to know what the, the television increases are. So I'm going to put the money aside. I'm just looking at what markers we can use to decide whether Jalen Hurts has gotten into the area where the Eagles go. Okay, knowing the market, just round figures like you threw out there, 30-plus, do we really want to do this with Jalen Hurts? So they have yeah. to come to a decision on this. And I'm asking yeah. you, are there any markers that fans can sink their teeth into and say, he must achieve this for the Eagles to do that. Uh, the, the money's going to be the money. Well, and- I'm, I'm, I'm going to make people upset now and I'm gonna, I'm used to it. Um, I think they've already made their decision. They're not paying Jalen hurts what it's going to cost to pay Jalen hurts. I think they've already made their decision. Now, Here's the only thing he can change their thinking. He can go out right, there. So next then let year. me that, let, let me phrase my question that way. What does Jalen Hurts have to do statistically, conceptually to change? If you're of the mindset, and guess what, John? If they're pissed off at you, they'd be pissed off at me because I think you might be right. They may have already made that decision. Um, what can change their mind? What does he have to do or accomplish that would get them to change their mind? He has to be a top 10 quarterback. He has and, to be a top 10 quarterback. I, I think they know he's not, you know, I think most of us know if you're being honest with yourself, you're never going to be talking about top five and those types of guys. Rare. Um, I think he's got to be a top 10 quarterback. And that's why I said if he, if he, you know, he was pretty good this year. And, um, better than I expected, better than most people expected. I said Pro Bowl alternate, you know, a lot of explosive plays, got his team in the playoffs. All of these markers are better than people would have expected, but then you almost, it, it, it almost creates a bigger issue because you're in that purgatory 16, 17 range where you're like, pretty good. It's difficult to get somebody better. And it's fine when you're on your rookie deal, but when you get to that second contract, do you really want to pay for pretty good? Because you're going to have to pay for pretty good. That's where I think the Eagles have already made their decision. No, we're not paying for pretty good. So we're going to run this thing out as long as we can while at all times trying to get better. I've always thought, I've said this on this show probably a hundred times by now, and we've only done what? 225 shows wherever we're at jody um i probably said it a hundred times not bad you almost hit the number john good job Uh, um and that's how many times i've said it this is not as difficult for the eagles as people think it is they're they're trying to get better they're trying to get better they're trying to find a path to get better and when they unveil that path they will seize the opportunity until then 
I, I said I, I've always said a bridge quarterback doesn't have to be a year. Could be two years, could be three years in the case of Jalen Hurts. And then that's that's well, the shelf. Well, point. hold on. You just finished saying they, they can't go three years uh, with Jalen Hurts. No, they can. They can play out the fourth year and then it's over. That's as far as it can go because okay. they're not going to give them a second contract. Um, but then, you know, you're a lame duck. You're probably going to have a bad last year. Uh, things are going to be difficult because all the other stuff comes into the equation where you're signaling to the quarterback on field. If you go that far with it, you, you have signaled to him because remember he and his agent, Nicole Lynn have more information than we have. So they have signaled to that camp that you're not our guy, but he has to go out there and perform at a high level every week. So it makes things more difficult. You don't want to be in that position, but you can play it out. But could, I was going to say, could Jalen Hurts not turn into uh, Kirk Cousins part two? Sure, he could, but I don't think the Eagles want to pay Kirk Cousins. And and that's a pretty high bar. That's a pretty high bar. I don't, that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to get across to people. They don't want to pay for that level of quarterback. They'll just roll it over. They'll start with another. It, it, it'll, it'll become like college, where in college you got to reload, right? You only got guys for four, maybe five years, well, six years in the COVID range. But normally it's four years, right? Um, and then you got to roll it over, and you got to roll it over. Well, the NFL, because of the salary cap at the quarterback position, more teams are going to start going that way. You, 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 you don't want to be in the position where Minnesota or Las Vegas is. I think they're the two best examples. They got good quarterbacks, but you got to pay a boatload of money to good quarterbacks. And you know in the back of your mind, well, everything's got to be perfect for those two teams to make serious runs. And how can everything be perfect if you got to spend so much of percentage of your salary cap on the quarterback who's good but not great? I don't think the Eagles want to be in that position. So they will roll it over and play another young quarterback and keep doing it until they can find the guy. If John McMullen is right, here's what you have to do, Eagle fans. Start studying your draft-eligible quarterbacks for 2023. Because if they're not going to buy into Jalen Hurts and they're not going to trade for Russell Wilson, well, somebody's got to be the Eagle quarterback going forward. And it's going to be a high first-round draft pick in 2023. That's why I continue to say I've done this with John. I've done it with guests. I've done it on WIP the four options for the Eagles in this year's draft trade up. Don't see it trade back. Don't see it. Not impossible, but don't see it. Keep all three picks exactly where they are. Don't see it. Trade out, get garner a first round 2023 pick, take a pick this year, take a day two, day three pick in exchange for a first-round pick next year. That's what I think they're going to want to do because they want to give themselves that safety net of having two first-round picks next year in case they need to maneuver and get into a place to take a quarterback in the 2023 draft. Just one man's opinion. All right, quickie timeout coming up here, and then we'll be joined by BLG, one of our favorites. 
Brandon Lee Gouton from Bleeding Green Nation, scheduled to jump aboard here on Birds 365. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Friday here on Birds 365, McFarlane McDonald. And BLG, good to see Brandon Lee Gatton of Bleeding yeah. Green Nation. You know, you could absolutely be an NFL head coach or general manager because you got the good growth working. Did you see how he how he looked a little? Uh, trying yeah, to follow you gotta be able to get the three got, o'clock shadow. Three yeah. o'clock, five o'clock, eight o'clock. Nick looked more eight o'clock. Uh, Brandon and Howie a little bit more three o'clock. But at least the growth is there. You're looking good, bud. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, like when I think we can all, when the, you don't have the hair yeah. up here, you kind of sometimes need the hair here. Yeah, to you got to so. <laughs> divert the eye. We all have BLG. Uh, well, let's start with Howie Roseman, uh, Nick Sirianni, Jody, and I were just discussing this. And I tend to anger people, no matter how many times <laughs> the Eagles say it. Nobody in this league believes they're not trying to get better at the quarterback position. Um, They're doing their due diligence behind the scenes. Personally, I've never thought it's that difficult 
a decision for the Eagles, and I say this all the time, they like Jalen Hurts, but they're trying to get better. And they're happy with Jalen Hurts until they unveil a path to where they potentially can get a top 10 quarterback. Is that your take on the situation, or do you think the Eagles are, no, we have made a decision, Jalen Hurts is our guy? I think anyone would be naive to believe the latter when you consider how Jalen Hurts got on the Eagles roster in the first place when they had a franchise quarterback that they believed in and they took one at number 53 overall anyway. So I don't think it would be wise to say they're just not exploring options at all um, by nature of how they view that position. And then just from the standpoint of, you know, you look what the Eagles were able to do last year. Did they do some nice things? Sure. But like, I mean, they were far off, I think, from competing for a Super Bowl seriously as a team that really didn't hang in with the playoff teams that they played last year um, and the quarterback position being a big part of that. So, And also just a standpoint of watch what I do, not what I say. And by all indications through reports and everything, we're hearing and have heard really since last year that the Eagles have had interest in Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson and these available options to them. And obviously we're looking at some of the top quarterbacks at the senior bowl and i'm sure at the combine as well they're they're investigating all of that so i think there's truth there's more than one thing can be true they like things about jalen hurts yes but they're absolutely going to look to upgrade if they can but you don't really think they're going to take quarterback in the first round they can look at the guys all they want and have their scouts eyes trained on these young men they've got their first round picks one of them's not going to be on a quarterback do do you believe that that it could I mean, if if someone falls to one of those picks, let's say there's a quarterback who isn't off the board at that point. I mean, it might be the right range of like, hey, we have these picks. Why not take a chance on a guy? We, we think this is a really interesting prospect. I think in most years you wouldn't think that way because I think it's kind of tough to do that if it's your only first round pick. But with three and you not being settled at that spot, I think there becomes a point where the, the risk might just be worth it. The, the upside might be worth taking a chance on someone like that, especially in a situation let's say it's Malik Willis for example where he doesn't have to come in and start right away and you can kind of bring him along as people think he is going to need to be brought along in the NFL so do I think it's the most likely outcome no but I think there's like a 30 percent chance if I have to say like a a sizable chance all right you threw out that percentage so I'm going to ask you for another percentage BLG and that is a percentage that Howie Roseman will take three first round picks (laughs) Zero. <laughs> I just, I don't see how, I mean, maybe three first round picks if they move around at some point, if they trade down from, let's say, 19 or whatever into the late uh, 20s or 30s. But I just don't think there's any chance they stick at 15, 16, 19 and make all three of those picks. I just, I don't know how they could in terms of you would obviously like to get a first round pick next year. If you're sticking with Jalen hurts and have that ability to maneuver, have that flexibility optionality, a little same hinky term, if you yeah. will there. Um, yeah. I, I just think it's, it would be crazy to me if they just used all three. I, I don't think that's going to happen. All right. How, uh, Howie Roseman in speaking the other day, at least my ears perked a little bit when he talked about with Jonathan Gannon being a coach that they're just renting because he believes that someday he's going to become a head coach in the National Football League. Shoot, it could have been this year. Didn't happen with Houston. Uh, But giving props to Gannon and saying, yeah, we need to get players that fit what what our coaching staff wants to do. And if you're talking about defense players, it's Gannon. 
and he basically hinted at the linebacker position. Mm-hmm. We'll evoke the name again. Jerry Robinson, 1979. <laughs> Last time the Eagles took a first-round linebacker. Could that streak end this year, BLG? Did you hear that? Reading between the lines with Howie Roseman the other day. I mean, I think we'll all believe it when we see it happen. Yeah. I think that's what it comes down to. Having three first-round picks increases the chances it could be this year, just from a statistical, mathematical standpoint. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. I, I do think there is some level of truth to that. I think a linebacker in this system is different than a linebacker in Jim Schwartz's system, is how he was talking about. Yes, I believe there's truth to that. But again, I still think there's enough evidence here dating back to you know, beyond Jim Schwartz when the Eagles, uh, when, when Howie Roseman first came into power, really, that this is just not a position they invest major resources into. So until they do that, I can't just assume it's going to happen. Now, you know, Howie is famous for not uh, obviously showing his hand very much, but he showed his hand uh, in Indy. He basically said, oh, we're taking an edge rusher and then joked, you know, he probably went too far down that route. But so since we're doing the percentages, I'm going to go 100%. The Eagles get an edge rusher. Is that where you are, Brandon? I would be shocked if they don't leave the first round with an edge rusher. I mean, it just it makes too much sense in terms of this is a position of need. It's a position of importance. Uh, it lines up with this draft class. There's going to be some kind of edge rusher, I believe, unless there's this you know crazy run on them somehow before number 15, which I guess isn't impossible, but I feel like uh, if that's the case, then there's probably going to be some other good uh, prospects, other positions that will still be on the board. Um, I think it's either David Ojabo or Jermaine Johnson. I think one of those two players I feel strongly is going to be an Eagle just based on what I think where they're going to fall and also what the Eagles value. Um, so I think there's going to be a guy there for the Eagles, and I think they're absolutely going to take an edge rusher in part, again, because they almost have to. They, it's, a, it's a huge need, and it makes a lot of sense. If they uh, move one of the picks, move down, move out, and take a 2022 pick, and they end up with two picks, would anybody be shocked if they take another offensive lineman? We know that it's a strength. We know that they have depth. We know that they've got, and I'm not going to mince words here, the best offensive line coach in the National Football League with Stoutland. I know it's not sexy. I know some people will be ticked off, but... I got to tell you, BLG, I'm not going to be surprised a little bit if they take another offensive lineman, and that's with Jason Kelsey coming back. Right. Because that's what the Eagles do. Give me a reason to think the Eagles are going to draft differently philosophy-wise than they have in uh, other years under Howie Roseman's guidance. Well, I can't. I don't want to do that because I think you're right. I think it would not be surprising at all, but – I would say I don't think they should do that unless it's a situation where, you know, there's a player and obviously Tyler Linderbaum has been connected to the Eagles uh, more than a few times at this point already in the offseason and him himself like saying, you know, uh, Jason Kelsey, uh, you know, as as a player comparable to him, which we've all heard. uh, I just think unless like he is clearly the head and shoulders prospect at that spot, wherever they're picking and is way better than everyone else. Uh, I don't love the thinking of that pick because you just mentioned you have Jeff Stoutland, arguably the best offensive line coach or at the very least one of them in the NFL. And I think we've seen him be able to consistently do more with less. So, and they obviously have all these kind of developmental guys on the roster and maybe they won't pan out, but I think 
like investing time into Coyote Awashika and Nate Herbig and Brett Toth and all these in Jack Driscoll and all these kind of guys kind of behind the scenes. I mean, to me, it's like, what's the point of doing that? If you're also going to expend your most premium resources on that position, I get the offensive line is important, but I just feel like Jeff Stetlin should be able to do more with less there as opposed to like a position like wide receiver, where that's really for the most part, maybe at a, outside of Quez Watkins, never really been the case for this team. Um, and obviously like edge rusher too. I, I just don't think that's the best use of resources for this team. Yeah, poor Jeff, man. We expect so much of Jeff Stoutman. We're like, yeah, just make something out of Coyote, Awasika. And we expect it, and maybe rightfully so, as you mentioned, uh, Brandon, because, you know, Jason Kelsey, you go back to that. Was a, now, obviously, Jeff wasn't here when he came in, but he was a sixth-round pick, continued to develop. Jordan Mylotis, a seventh-round pick. We know his history. Tw- I think 21 21- – of the 32 starting left tackles in this league are first round picks. You you have to invest a first round pick in a left tackle. And the Eagles got one in the seventh round who didn't know how to put on a football helmet when he got here. It, it's pretty amazing what he's able to do. But I want to shift gears in, into free agency because I understand everybody loves talking about the draft, especially with the combine, but it becomes a lot clearer after teams sort of hint where they're going in free agency, and then they can focus in on on what their obvious paths are going to be in the draft. What do you think the Eagles are going to address in free agency now that they have at least a little bit of money to work on? I think the Eagles will be looking to make some moves. Like I don't obviously, it's not going to be so much like last year where they're kind of. They sat it out in a lot of ways other than, you know, getting some like really bargain deals um, and kind of having to wait for those. I think it's a little bit more aggressive than that, but I don't think, you know, they're looking at top of the market signings. I don't think they're looking to break the bank by any means. I think they're going to be looking at players who might be undervalued for one reason or another, maybe someone coming off an injury or not totally unlike Anthony Harris last year when they signed him or someone like, uh, you know, who was in a situation like a wide receiver. I think that's an obvious position. They will almost have to add someone at because they just don't have enough there. Uh, and I don't, again, I don't think it's necessarily going to be like Chris Godwin with a market breaking contract as it could be someone like, you know, a DJ Chark, you know, coming off an injury, or it could be someone like Allen Robinson who didn't had a down year last year, but in part because you could say he was playing with a rookie quarterback who really wasn't ready to play in the NFL. So maybe the Eagles look at that and they're like, uh, or, or Juju Smith Schuster, who was like, Hey, you know, this, this is a good player. And he's kind of his value kind of got hidden a little bit because he was saddled with a bad quarterback and a quarterback who couldn't maximize him. So maybe we can kind of get him here at a discounted rate and we can really boost him up in our offense and he'll be a better fit here. So I think that's the kind of mold they're looking at is guys who might be undervalued and underappreciated somewhere else. Uh, so they're not paying this huge, de- uh, huge you know, contract to them as much as they're trying to get a nice bargain. BLG, let me ask you about a player that John and I agree with, uh, agree on because we've been batting back and forth the draft over the last four days since they've been out in Indy. Um, Both John and I think Kyle Hamilton is one of the two, three, four most talented players in the draft. He's a safety and there are other positions that seem to be NFL driven more of a need pass rusher Eagles. Uh, But if you're just grading pure talent, he's got to be in the top five and probably in the top three. Eagles, 
absolutely have a needed safety. They're, they're, <sighs> things seem to be adding up here for Kyle Hamilton. Uh, who strapped? Oh, Bucky Brooks from the NFL Network actually put out his second mock, and he had Kyle Hamilton falling all the mm. way to 15 to the Eagles. And both John and I said from his uh, keyboard <sighs> to God, the football God's ears, I don't think that's happening. I think he's going to be gone. How high will the Eagles have to trade? I'm not. First question is, how high do you think they will have to trade up if they want to get him? And then, of course, the follow up is, do you think the Eagles would do something like that for as talented a player as Kyle Hamilton in a position that they had previously not put a ton of value on? Well, yeah, we talk about, you know, the Eagles don't draft linebackers in the first round, or at least they haven't in a long time. I mean, they've, they've literally never taken a full-time starting safety in the first round ever. So so that would be unprecedented uh, and in a big way. And I don't think the Eagles will be looking to move up in this draft very far if they do. If, if, if it, that situation does arise, I think it's something like the Devontae Smith situation last year where they move up like two spots or so, a small move up. We've seen them do that plenty of times before. I don't think they're jumping from 15 to 6 or 8 or something like that drastic. I just don't think they want to do that. I think they want to make multiple picks here and increase their chances, increase their hit rate. Um, so I don't think that's really likely. Although, like you said, safety is a big need. Ryan McLeod is a free agent. He said he wants to come back. You know, We'll see if the Eagles want him back. I, I would think they would have interest in that, especially what you could probably sign him at. I think Anthony Harris will be gone. Um, so I, I think that's a position position the, actual, the Eagles will actually look to address in free agency. There's a strong safety market out there. Um, there's also a free safety market out there. It's just a little bad safety pun there. Um, and uh, uh, I think there's plenty of options. Someone like Justin Reed makes a lot of sense. So yeah. I think it's possible that right. even before the draft comes, they'll kind of have that hole filled in, in the sense of they'll sign a free safety, let's say maybe like a Justin Reed. They'll have Rodney McLeod back. And then obviously Marcus Epps. I think they feel good about him as, as a, a guy who's part of that rotation. Now, Brandon, you mentioned you don't expect the Eagles to make a big move up. It, you know, maybe a couple spots. I I do want to talk about a, you know, sort of an organizational philosophy standpoint. We all say, I think most of us, and you you mentioned, I I certainly don't think Howie's going to take all three of those first round picks. I think he'd like to kick back into next year's draft and get an extra first round pick. But you you always need two to tango. Um, you don't often have three first round picks in this league. It doesn't come around that often. Does that create more of a sense of urgency to get things done now? Whatever your plan is with quarterback, you know, edge rusher. Kyle Hamilton, difference-making type player. Is there more of a sense of urgency because you have that draft capital and you got to make it count because you're not always going to have it no matter. You may want it. You may want to roll it over, but it doesn't mean you can roll it over. Yeah, I mean, it's a critical offseason. I think especially in the vein of quarterback, you know, you have to really think about that. And it's, it's a lot of people want to say, hey, the Eagles are not close enough. They're too far away to add a quarterback right now. Well, I always look at their ammo that they have, and, and I think, like, well, you have this now. So I don't I don't know that uh, you're going to be in a situation next year where, let's say, Jalen Hurts is kind of more of the same uh, or even takes a step back, and then you're like, well, well, now what? You know, we're, we're probably too good to, you know, have the number one overall pick or anything close to that, so we might not be able to draft one, even though the class – 
is on paper right now looking more intriguing than this year's class. And, you know, those things can be fickle, I feel like. So we'll see how that goes, but at least right now. Um, and, you know, they're, they're probably not going to be good enough, obviously, at that point where they're, they need a new starter or they're going to be in that market. So that's why I feel like they just they have to trade down. And, and to your point, John, I mean, it doesn't mean you just can because there has to be a, a willing trade partner to be able to do that. So that's kind of the tough spot that they're in uh, when it comes to the quarterback decision and why it might create urgency to really figure that out now because you can't just assume you can get that pick next year and everything and there will be a light at the end of the tunnel in that quarterback situation so to me it's like if you can get a quarterback now do it like don't don't be like we can kick that can down the road because you don't know if there's going to be an answer at that point blg the first day of workouts yesterday at the combine skill position players galore quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends. One group left to go. That's the running backs. Um, Eagles in the running back position. Miles Sanders Sanders on the last year of his deal. Will they extend? Will they try and get something done? Uh, Boston Scott is a restricted free agent, so they'd have to slap a tender on him. Jordan Howard is completely free. He's a uh, free agent that has a good relationship with the Eagles. They'll probably be able to get him back if they want to get him back, let me go to the guy in the middle, Boston Scott. In watching the running backs this week at the Combine, it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with Boston Scott. If you think that it's a great class, oh, my God, we're going to be able to get a guy who can step in and surpass Kenny Gainwell year one on the roster, it probably is going to cut Boston Scott's possibility of coming back to this team. Where do the Eagles sit running back-wise in your mind? How important is this week? Do you think they're making it a priority to find another running back in the draft because they've got question marks attached to those that they've got on the roster right now? Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I think it's more about the the long term too than it is. Obviously, you you're they're going to have Miles Sanders back, assuming they don't trade him uh, this year. Uh, Jordan Howard, I'm guessing, might not be, and I think the Eagles would ideally like to add a player in his mold probably on like day late day two or more realistically day three um who is that kind of bigger back that bruiser uh and i think they can probably find that that's that should be available to them you know in theory i I don't think running back should be you know this high priority from the standpoint of their offensive line is probably going to be able to get yards for whoever almost anyone who's back there for the most part um boston scott's an interesting you know name here because he's going to be a restricted free agent as you mentioned and i just don't think the eagles are going to be looking to pay him uh the 2.4 million it would take for the lowest uh tender level that they could give to him um if you if you look at that um that that's like top 30 running back money in terms of annual value and i just i don't think the eagles are looking to pay that especially yeah. into a part-time player as much as they like Boston Scott. And I don't know that there's going to be this, you know, crazy market for Boston Scott if he does hit free agency. Um, so, so they have some decisions to make there. I do think they'll be looking to add a, a day three back to kind of fill that Jordan Howard role. And then maybe possibly more if, you know, depending how they feel about Miles Sanders. Um, but yeah, I think day three is the spot for them. Well, let's talk about Miles, uh, BLG, because that is a difficult decision for the Eagles. They're not going to extend him. They basically said that this year. So uh, final year of his rookie deal. Um, We all know he's talented, but I think he's topped out at whatever, 867 yards, I think, was his best season. I look at it. If Miles Sanders finally turns into what we think Miles Sanders 
could be a 1300 yard back. That's going to cost, you know, six, seven, eight million dollars. We talk about the Eagles don't value linebacker, don't buy, they certainly don't value, they don't want to pay a running back. Is there any way Miles Sanders is back? Because if he underachieves, the Eagles aren't going to want him. You know, all right, thanks for the memories, Miles. Your rookie contract's done. And if he finally turns into a true running back one, he's going to be too expensive. Is there any any way out of that? I think you can look back, like the case for Miles Sanders, as you look back to when the Eagles drafted him and how how he talked about basically like everyone in the building there was in on Miles Sanders in terms of analytics department, scouting staff, coaching staff. And that's not necessarily the case for every pick, that they're totally unified. So I think there are a lot of Miles Sanders fans in the building, at least when you go back to that. Um, But there are concerns. Like, again, he's coming off his worst season in terms of volume. Obviously, he he did his best season in terms of efficiency at 5.5 yards per carry. But the volume is important for a lead running back. Um, There were actually 32 running backs last year who had at least one longer run than Miles Sanders. And obviously, we saw that was a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we, 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 we saw the, you know, the home run hitting ability in 2020, but we didn't see it there last year. Uh, I think he has not been a standout in pass protection. I would not say that's a strength for him. Um, there were some issues last year where like he only fumbled once, but there were kind of like near fumbles that we saw in there, which yeah. you don't love to see. And going back to college, uh, that's always been a concern for him is ball security. So I just think there are kind of too many red flags here to certainly sign him to a, uh, an extension. I think if he has a good year, in 2022 you can franchise tag him because that number will not be perfect but it'll be reasonable especially relative to other positions you could keep him that one more year if you really feel like we can get one more year out of this guy but i just think back to like look at the production the eagles had last year with jordan howard who thought he was done like he, he didn't think he was going to be able to play anymore and boston scott um and the, the low level of resources the eagles invested into them and the great production they were able to get out of them because of their offensive line and and their their run game and everything uh how they scheme it up so i just don't think it would make any sense to invest significant resources into that position blg uh something john and i have talked about a bunch of times during the last few weeks and i don't think we've had you on since we had the conversation so i need your take on this, John and I both like consistency on football teams, on any sport, any team in any sport, to be truthful with you. But consistency is usually considered a good thing and a strength. But consistency all across the line is where I'm questioning. Uh, go back as far as Andy Reid. His coaching staff was changing because guys were getting a chance to jump off and become head coaches. Chip Kelly changed his coaching staff around. Doug Peterson, although sometimes not necessarily of his own choice, changed his coaching staff. As of right now, the Eagles coaching staff is coming back on Moss. That, yes, uh, Gannon got an interview for the Texans, had coaching job, could have left, didn't. He's coming back. A couple other guys talked to other teams during the offseason. Nobody got the jobs. So they're all coming back as a group. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, I think it's fine. Uh, I, I don't think it, you know, makes worlds difference. It is interesting to note, as you said, setting up the framing there because in past years, it seems like they would tweak at least something every year. Um, I mean, uh, we've seen a number of changes. I think even coming after the Super Bowl, obviously some coaches got hired or, or even the year after the Super Bowl too, like there was some, yeah. some 
contracts that were not re-upped. They even fired though... the training staff. You remember <laughs> after the yes. Super Bowl. Yeah. So even when they've had success, there's been yeah. there's been changes, and not just because you know Frank Reich is getting hired by the Colts or John D. Filippo is getting hired by the Vikings. Um, so it is a little surprising from that standpoint. Um, you know, I think the goal in mind last year when they hired this coaching staff, we all saw it. They're hiring a bunch of guys who are, are pretty young, relatively speaking. And I think, you know, the the thinking was we want this coaching staff to grow together and we want them to grow into something. And I guess that's what they're sticking to. They're like, hey, we saw potential here. We're going to stick with it and we're going to see where it goes. Um, where there has been change, Brandon, is the personnel department. And, you know, leading up to the draft, obviously the Eagles lose Ian Cunningham to the Bears and Brandon Brown up the turnpike to the Giants. Who knows? Andy Weidel might be the Pittsburgh Steelers GM, but that won't come until after the draft. Um, the Eagles are deep. I always look at Cincinnati and I joke, Duke, it's Duke Tobin and three interns and the Eagles uh, have 20. They were 21 deep in the personnel department uh, when Ian and Brandon were here. Any concern about losing those guys, especially in draft season? Um yeah, because it's significant, but this team does place a lot of assets into the front office where there is no salary cap. I think the way that Howie phrased it was it's not ideal. And I think that's I guess the way to put it. You know, it's not what you would want. It's not the perfect situation. It really shouldn't be an excuse for like, you know, oh, we can't have a good offseason now because we lost Brandon Brown and Ian Cunningham. And that's not I'm not trying to belittle them. I'm just saying yeah. you, know, you should still have enough to be able to to move forward and overcome that. Um, it isn't ideal, but that's kind of the nature of the situation now. And, you know, I think part of the reason uh, or one of the things that I go, I think about is, you know, Jeffrey Lurie had credited Howie Roseman. Uh, I think it was at the end of 2020 about like his ability to kind of stock that pipeline of front office executives. And the Eagles obviously added former Jaguars GM Dave Caldwell last year. So, Maybe he takes a bigger role, and again, that's that's why you add someone like that because when they added him last year, it was a kind of like a vague title, yeah. and maybe now there's you know more room for him to kind of step up and and uh, have him contribute. Uh, so that's my thinking with that is like okay, now it's time for some of these people that you added and have been in this pipeline, and and Jeffrey Lurie when he he spoke uh, at the again at the end of the 2020 season, he was season. right. You got to give him credit where <laughs> he, credit is due. He, he was said right. what we have like five five future future GMs. So. Yeah. I mean, if that's the case, then you shouldn't be understaffed. You should have people who are ready to step up. And obviously, Catherine Rach is, is in the mix there and, and yeah. interviewed. And, and she's maybe she takes on a bigger role, too. So so I guess they if, if you just go by what they say, they should have enough still. All right, BLG, last one for me. And you know I love my hypothetical questions. So I'm going to run one by you. Let's say Tom Brady still wants to play football. And he's dropping hints on it all over the place. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles go, damn, if we're not sure about Jalen Hurts and we're not taking a quarterback this year, and we, why don't we just get Tom Brady for a year and make Eagle fans happy that we can make a Super Bowl run? But you can't really call Brady directly because he's under contract for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which he kind of, in all these comments he's making publicly, is looking right past. So you can't talk to Brady, but you can talk around Brady. Who do you call? His old man? His baby mama, Bridget Moynihan? 
Julian Edelman. Gronk's on the contract for the Bucs, so you can't call him either. How do you formulate a plan to try and go around the NFL's rules and guidelines to get a message into Tom Brady going, you, I, we won't even force cheesesteaks on you. We know it's a TB12 thing. We'll do whatever it takes to keep you uh, nutrition perfect. How do you reach out and at least get a message to Brady that we'll take you for a year, Tom? So uh, I got to give credit to my dad here, who uh, shortly after I think the Bucks lost, uh, and those rumors were circulating at first about Tom Brady retiring. Uh, I kind of brought them up to him, and he was like, "Oh, that's interesting." And he's like, "Why would he do that?" And it's like, "Well, there's there's talk that uh, his wife wants him to retire." And my dad was like, "Oh, he's done. He's gone." <laughs> so <laughs> uh, that's so maybe it's that. Maybe you have to talk to Giselle somehow. Get in gotta, touch. Gotta with. Go to it's always. It, trust me. It's always the only one. <laughs> yeah, it's always it's always the the wife. And last one for me, BLG BleedingGreenNation.com. Read them there. Uh, BGN Radio, listen to him, SB Nation NFL. Uh, so let's talk league-wide. Let's talk Doug Peterson. Sure. I think Jacksonville is a great spot for him. I mean, I'm concerned about the Jaguars' front office, the way they run the organization, <laughs> but they seem to be putting a lot on Doug's plate, which he didn't get here. And, man, I, I love the quarterback situation I, I know how bad it was with Trevor Lawrence, but I still think that is a top-tier level prospect at the quarterback position. And they got nowhere to go but up. He's set up for a short-term spike. He's got every opportunity to to prove the Eagles were wrong when you know they gave him three years, basically, after a Super Bowl championship. I think Doug looks refreshed. I think that's a big way from the, and he said it himself. He feels like he has like a new lease on life, but you could just see it. I feel like in his energy, how he looks, I mean, just thinking about even going into the 2020 season, he looked beaten down. He looked tired. He looked exhausted and understandably so. Um, so I think being away did help him. I think being in Florida, is certainly a nice fit that for helps. him. Uh, yeah, I think that helps a lot. Um, so I think Doug has a real chance to succeed there. I don't know what the ceiling is, again, for that team, because as you mentioned, John, you have Shad Khan there, you have Trent Baalke, and, and Shad Khan specifically has overseen uh, one what one season with six plus or more than six wins. Yeah. So it's tough to say, uh, you know, Doug is able to, you know, bring this team to the Super Bowl or anything. Uh, although I did like his answer this week. I love that answer. Yeah. Yeah. Doug has some swagger. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, you know, he, that's something we saw imbued into the 2017 uh, 17 team. Uh, yeah, so I think I think what Doug does there, though, is he raises their floor. They're not, like, you know, they're, they're not going to be picking number one overall for the third straight year. Uh, they're not going to be a joke of a program like they were under Urban Meyer, who just wasn't even a real NFL head coach in a lot of ways. Like Doug brings credibility. He knows what he's doing. He's not like, you know, totally out of his element and out of his depth here, like his predecessor was. So I think Doug is going to bring some stability there. And you mentioned it, the quarterback, the division isn't great. So there's, he has that working for him too. Uh, I think there's definitely reason, uh, you know, for Jags fans to be excited and honestly, Eagles fans to kind of be excited about what Doug can do down there. And obviously uh, hope that he has success except when the, uh, Jags come to Philly this yeah. season. 
Nick better win that game. That will be a fun day to see how Doug is received. Me thinks it's going to be pretty good. And I hope Nick Sirianni doesn't get butthurt about it. Uh, but we're we're months away from dealing with that. You got a couple hours to relax, have a nice lunch, and then get ready to watch hours and hours and hours of guys sprinting and lifting on the NFL Network today. BLG, always a pleasure, buddy. Thank you much for hopping on board. Thanks, guys. Brendan Lee Gatton from Bleeding Green Nation here with us on Birds 365. All right, quickie timeout coming back. Mac and Mac could put a bow on the show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Clock ticking on a Mac and Mac football Friday get together. Good show today, Eddie Kratz. Up on for a good couple of minutes before he had to get his combine work in and thank uh, BLG, Brandon Lee Gowton, whenever he comes aboard, uh, lends us insight. All right, J-Mac, uh, we too, like I just said, the BLG, have a couple hours to rest, relax uh, before we get to see more workouts today. Offensive linemen and linebackers. And see, this is one place where the combine doesn't necessarily fill the void with offensive linemen. <laughs> Are you going to judge whether Tyler Lindenbaum should be a pick of the Philadelphia Eagles by his 40 time today? 
Uh, no. You know, Tyler Lindenbaum scares me <laughs> because, you know, a lot of people compare him to Jason Kelsey, right. obviously, because he's undersized. And remember, Jason Kelsey was a six-round pick. I think people forget that. You know, last time I heard this was Garrett Bradbury, who was undersized, great player at North Carolina State, gets beaten up on a daily basis, on a weekly basis in the NFL, just not strong enough. Jason Kelsey's unique, man. I, 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 I'm, I, I wouldn't go near Tyler Lindenbaum just because he's so undersized. And by the way, last year, Jody, uh, when you know every year we go through this, uh, is Jason Kelsey going to retire or not? Last year, the talk was the Eagles wanted to get bigger at center because they knew hey, you're not going to find another Kelsey. And there was talk about you know, Ryan Jensen and how he impacted the game for the Buccaneers and Landon Dickerson. They went out and got Landon Dickerson, this big hulking center, powerful guy um, who obviously turned into a great guard early in his career. I'm not sure they're looking for the next Jason Kelsey because they realize the next Jason Kelsey probably isn't coming around too soon. Right. That's why I said today, Although, and we all, shame on all of us, because we're always looking at the first round and then down. And then down is probably a better place for you to look for the Eagles. But again, they have the history of investing high picks in offensive linemen. And Linda Baum is the best interior lineman of that group, the highest ranked and rated one. So I think you at least have to keep your eye on him. But as you said, he's a little undersized. And good luck trying to find uh, Jason Kelsey part two. But that's something they may just look at and we'll look at today. All right. And then you got it all weekend long. I'm sure you're going to be in front of your TV. I'm doing double duty. I'm doing uh, a combine special with Dan Cilio today on the YouTube channel. Yeah. So I got to do double duty. I don't know, but my throat's already. So two to four, actually. So are you doing a whole show or are you just doing a uh, jump in spot? Doing the whole show. um, I believe it's two to four. Xander, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so we're doing a combine special, so keep it here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. And by the way, I haven't said it all show like, share, and subscribe. I got to get that in. I finally yeah, got you, it in. You and I both, uh, and feel free to do it when John's on with Cilio, too. We'll take it. The channel can use your help, but specifically the Mac and Mac Birds 365. So get one more like in before you get out of Dodge. All right, partner, we'll have a good show. Tell Cilio I send my regards. I will certainly do so. Enjoy the combine, Jody. I'm going to be watching way too much combine crap over the weekend. I just can't. I can't turn it off. You know what I did? I recorded it yesterday because I had to get up. My wife said we're going out. Well, that's probably a better way to fast forward through. Yeah, I did did a little fast forwarding through. Didn't want to say that. Didn't want to cheat the process. But uh, yeah, I'll be recording it all weekend if I have to miss any of it. I uh, yes, he John McMullen, me Jody McDonald. We'll be back come Monday here on Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.